Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. And this week I am reading from my new collection of erotica. The collection is called Chopping Wood, Shaping Metal and Other Erotic Stories. Um, You can get it via my website and get an autographed copy. Um, There is a limited edition hardback right now. And you can, of course, get it at all other good booksellers. Amazon's got it via Kindle. Um, the audiobook will not be out for about another month, but it will be out in about another month. So you'll be able to get it that way, too, if that's what you prefer. So we're going to start this week with the story Shaping Metal. Takes me a minute to settle down sometimes. I always look forward to the Ren Fair. I've been to a wide variety, including the original one at Agora Hills, many times. I love all the entertainments, the noise, the bawdiness, the food, and the shopping stalls. The craftspeople who sell there are rarely the ones selling mass-produced goods. They sell goods made by their hands, in old ways, in family-run, small businesses, preserving heritage often. Some of the skills are the ones that are dying, like the traditional glassblowers. They have goods that you cannot get anywhere else. This year, we go together. Master and I enjoy the opportunity to go and explore a place together that we had explored so often separately. We're both amused that we missed meeting each other so many times more than 30 years ago. It's a sunny day, so I take extra care with my sun protection and decide in the end to wear a hat, even though I don't want to. Did I say decide? That should read, I obey as Master insists on a hat to protect me from the strong sun. We arrive and start our walk around the fair, enjoying the characters and the plays. We grab some lunch and start walking through the stalls. The glass blowers are fascinating. We watch them for quite a while. We stop at a stall with lots of leather clothing. I try on a skirt and top, but don't end up buying them. We move on, window shopping through the stalls until we reach the smith. He has a small forge and is working on a piece of metal when we arrive. His muscles move under his skin as though they have a life of their own. They mesmerize me. I cannot look away. He has a head full of tousled duck, brown hair, tattoos move over his arms, shoulders, chest, and they look alive. Master stands behind me, arms around me as I watch. Are you enjoying the sight, he whispers in my ear. I shiver. His breath hot in my ear pushes the flames higher. 
His voice changes as we watch. I feel his shape shifting behind me, arms gaining muscle and lengthening, pulling me tighter into him. I recognize the form of Ogun and feel his amusement as I watch the smith pull the sword from the fire, glowing yellow-orange. I cannot move my eyes away. My breath starts to come in pants as I feel each strike the smith makes. The strikes move through my whole body from my toes up through the top of my head. Ogun chuckles in my ear and nudges me forward so I'm in the shop, closer to the smith. I am close enough to smell him now, and he smells like lightning and burnt earth. There's a musk that is so enticing I move forward without volition. Soon I am close enough to feel the heat from the forge behind me. Ogun pushes more and more heat into my body, sweat beads on my face as the smith shapes the metal. I feel his hands shaping me. My knees buckle. Ogun holds me up, whispering in my ear, Here is not the place to kneel, girl. I barely suppress a moan. The smith plunges the sword into the water and I am doused with the cold as well. The crowd thins out, but I don't move. I watch intently, unable to move my eyes from the spectacle in front of me, as the smith heats and shapes more metal and then douses each piece in water. Ogun watches me as I watch. He pushes energy through me in time to the strikes of the smith's hammer. As he tempers and shapes steel, I will temper and shape you, he says. I cannot speak but push my body back into his hands so he can feel my burning flesh. By the time the smith puts down his tools to take a break, my nectar is soaking my thighs and I am glad I am wearing a dress with no panties. He wipes his brow and removes the leather apron, reveals a carpet of dark hair on his chest as well. It is contained by the tattoos. I lick my lips, and he smiles. Hello, he says to us. Nice work, Ogun says. Thank you, Master Smith, he replies. I startle, shocked that he recognizes Ogun. This is my girl, Marguerite, Ogun says. Pleased to meet you, the smith replies. I blush a deep candy apple red. Pleased to meet you, smith. Join me in my private space, he says, as he leads us to a back area that's separated from the shop proper. There are two chairs and a table. Ogun sits and I sink to my knees. The smith grins. He takes out a horn and a bottle of mead. This is my special mead. Will you drink with me, he asks Ogun. Ogun replies, this body does not process alcohol well, but she will drink with you in my place. He raises the horn to Ogun and takes a deep drink. When he passes the horn to me, he brushes my hands, setting my body alight again. I drink deeply. The mead is special. It is sweet, yet its flavor keeps changing. It starts with the honey, morphs to an effervescent berry taste, then deepens to caramel syrup, and finally finishes with a green herby taste. Thank you, Smith. That is delicious, I say. My head feels a little fuzzy. I adjust my position to be seated instead of on my knees so I don't fall over. Ogun buries a hand in my hair as they are speaking, massaging my skull and setting me moaning. May I? the Smith asks. Yes, Ogun replies and moves me between them. The Smith lifts my chin, looks at me for a long time. Then he says, I want to shape her through pain and pleasure, mold her form for a while and command her responses. 
Ogun just inclines his head. The smith asks me, Do you consent? Yes, I reply quietly. The smith goes back into the shop proper to get supplies. When he returns, he has a leather-covered spanking bench and asks me to get up on it. Do I have to restrain you, or will you be still for me without restraints, he asks. She will be still without restraints, Ogun replies. I nod my head to assent. I get up onto the bench and wait. I feel his hands on my body, shaping my body the same as his hands shaped the steel. Firm strokes make me moan with desire. It feels so good, and all I want is to feel him inside me. I raise my bum to meet his hands. He laughs a deep, glorious laugh and says, Not yet, girl. Not yet. First I must shape you, and then temper you. He continues roaming all over my body, bringing the heat, the fire, to make my flesh malleable, and then shaping it as he sees fit. He starts to pound on my flesh. It takes me a minute before I realize he's using a small hammer. One of the tools he uses to shape iron, shape steel. He pounds my ass all around until it aches and burns. Next he begins with a leather strap, the one that he uses to sharpen the edges. The first strike draws a scream from my lips. You must be quiet. Do I need to gag you, he asks. No, Smith, I reply quietly. The welts come up quickly with each strike of the strap. He pushes his energy through the strap into my body, heating me further, shaping my flesh. He's skillful with the strap and lifts my ass with some strikes, catching that sweet spot on the underside, but also the most painful spot on the back of my thighs. He moves up my back as tears course down my face and drip onto the floor. I've managed not to scream by sheer force of will. I hear Ogun's happy sigh behind me, feeling him pull at the energy being poured into me, feeling him manipulate the energy, expand it, and push it further inside me. I feel a glowing iron spike slowly push into me. Once inside, it opens like a flower bloom, stretching me wide enough so it almost hurts. It pushes in deep, heating me from the inside, making me even more malleable for the smiths to shape. Ogun urges me to open, to surrender, and allow my form to be shaped. Be very still, the smith says. The flames rise over my thighs, my ass, my lower back. Once he has shaped me with the fire, it is time to temper me with cold water. He flows it over my body, quickly cooling me except for the superheated iron dick still pulsing inside me. The smith moves in front of me. I can hear Ogun at the table behind enjoying his tea. I can still feel the iron dick pulsing inside me. The smith brings his hard, thick dick to my mouth, rubs the head around my lips, wetting them with precom. My tongue snakes out to taste him as I moan. He thrusts and I suck his dick into my mouth, and then my throat, taking as much of him as I can. His thickness stretches my mouth, and I can feel the corner of my lips crack. He thrusts harder, deeper, controlling my breathing. He tastes delicious. Th he thrusts in tandem with the superheated rod in my pussy, slow, deliberate strokes, bringing me to the edge of orgasm and keeping me there. Each time I get close to the point of coming, he slows the pace. Soon you will be ready. Soon we will clench your first, he says. The smith buries his hands in my hair and holds my head to him, filling my throat. He thrusts deeper deeper i can feel him begin to pulse in my throat now now come he says as he comes down my throat i feel the iron rod in my pussy pulsing in time and come moaning struggling for breath the energy tearing through me moving to burn every cell and then bathe every cell with deliciousness 
The smith slowly withdraws from my throat, and I feel the iron rod withdraw slowly too. He helps me up and leads me to where Ogun still sits. I kneel and kiss Ogun's boots. He raises me up smiling and draws me in for a deep kiss. Good girl, he says, his pride in me evident in the timbre of his voice. They help me back into my clothing and we exit the back room of the shop. The smith asks us to wait for a few minutes. I have something for you, he says. We wander around the quiet shop looking at his work. He hands me a wrapped package. I open it to see the sword he had been working on when we arrived, the hilt wound in leather inscribed with Ogun's cauldron. I'm in tears. Use it well, and come see me again, he says to us both. We leave and walk back into the fair, suddenly hungry. I turn to ask if we can grab something to eat and see that Master has returned and Ogun has gone. He leads me toward the car park. Let's go get a sit-down dinner. Maybe some Japanese, he says. Yes, Master, I reply, and we head back into town. On your knees. On your knees, he growls as he enters the room. I lay curled up on a thick crimson blanket. I rise to my knees quickly. Thighs open, palms open, face up on my thighs. Chin up, eyes lowered, mop of copper curls and disarray from sleep. My heart is pounding, the blood rushing in my ears. I smell his anger and his arousal, pungent musk with an acrid tang. The aftertaste of tobacco arouses me unexpectedly. I always associate that taste and smell with him. It's been ten years since I smoked a cigarette, and still I crave them at times of stress when I'm angry and when someone smokes around me, particularly at the end of a good meal. I don't dare smoke again. My doctors have told me it would make my autoimmune disease worse, and my owner just said no, in the voice that doesn't allow any negotiation. With effort, I keep my eyes down. Without restraints, without commands, I struggle inside to keep my place. I bite my tongue to stop myself from speaking. He chuckles. That's right. Be quiet. Just wait. His deep voice sends ripples of pleasure through me. 
I can smell my own arousal, which just causes it to swell and my cunt to swell, too. I moan. The waiting is filled with energy, attention paid to every sight, every sound, each nuance, the kinetics of arousal. My heat rises. The charge builds in me until I am sure I will become lightning during a volcanic eruption. His hand grasps a handful of the soft coils, twists them around his wrists, and pulls my head back until he can look into my eyes. I know better than to try to avoid his gaze, but I allow my eyes to close as I feel the tug on the base of my skull, and I purr with desire. "'What is your name?' he demands. "'E,' I reply. The slap catches me unprepared. My head snaps back with force and tears string to my eyes. He traces his handprint as I shudder, one tear sliding down my cheek. "'What is your name?' he growls. I tremble and whisper, "'E,' He pulls my head back further, my neck stretches taut as violin strings. He strokes the bone-chilling metal of the gun barrel against my cheek. Tears spill down my face. He strokes the muzzle of the gun over my neck. The smell of the gun oil mixes with the sour smell of my fear. He asks me one more time. What is your name? I have no name, I whisper. He removes his belt. It's black leather and made to wear with jeans and work clothing, not a suit. I smell saddle soap and oils as he strokes my face with it. He wraps it round his fist. I struggle to remain quiet but cannot suppress a deep moan. The sound moves through my whole body in waves. He presents the belt wrapped round his fist from me to my mouth. I kiss the belt and taste the flesh side, salty with a tang. I imagine the taste and texture of my blood, viscous and metallic. He bends me over the bench. I hear the whoosh of the belt just before it welts my ass. I yelp, but do not move. He hits me four times quickly, each stripe landing slightly higher than the last. My whole ass is burning. I can feel the welts begin to rise. The next four stripes become more violent on top of the first four. I scream, still managing to hold myself in place. My flesh is on fire. My cunt is seeping juice onto my thighs and the bench. My nipples are like rubies, hard and red. In one smooth stroke, he enters my slick pussy, pressing his hard cock so deep I can feel him in my chest. He has one hand in my hair, pulling my head back, exposing my throat as he thrusts into me, pounds into my raw ass, bending me into a bow. I howl my pain and my pleasure. He lets go my hair and rakes claws down my back, down my arms as he continues to fuck me. He's bent over me, fucking me harder and faster. He growls in my ear, Come. I howl my release as he bites into my neck. He thrusts again, grabbing my breasts, raking over my nipples, with claws pulling me to him as he empties his balls deep inside. His pussy. He collapses on top of me, pressing my body into the bench, pressure on my raw, bruised flesh. Mine. He growls into my ear, biting hard enough to draw blood. He gathers the tears from my face as he murmurs, Mine.
edges. I've always enjoyed the burn. This one sits at my solar plexus and spreads out to every part of my body. The burn bears the scent and taste of you. Can you hear my begging over the energy wave? I've never been the most patient of people. When I hunger, I want it now. When I connect, I want to immerse myself in the connection. As I've gotten older and gained more experience, I've learned to temper that, to immerse myself for a time, daily, or a time, weekly, whatever the relationship demands. But when the energy tastes so sweet, my desire rages. I love feeling energy pushed into me, and equally I love feeling it pulled from me, that feeling that makes me weak, the desire that finds me saying, take more, please take more, the heaviness and lightness. I find it so difficult to describe. Those who understand, do so. Others, well, explaining will be someone else's job. I find myself lost for words. I love edges. I've always known that about myself, and I have continued to embrace this love more and more over the past years. I love that liminal space just as much. I love to be the bridge or step out into, out of, over that place, dip my toe into the fog in between. I fear that I will fall and get lost in that liminal place, and yet I know I will not. My anchors to this world remain strong. I enjoy what my body can do for me and for others, and I don't seek to shed it just yet. As I write, my mouth fills with saliva. I'm aching to taste you. I've always been so oral. Smell and taste have such an intense impact upon me. Voices as well. Kinesthetic equal to voices and sounds. Visual has the least impact. The landscape changes in front of me, and I find myself back in the forest. I can smell the sea, so I must not be too far from the coast. The sea scent mis mixes with the scents of the trees and wood smoke, the darkness lit only by the fire. I can hear the chuntering and grumbles of animals in the woods surrounding me. The hair rises on the back of my neck, goosebumps on my naked body and in my head. I hear, something wicked this way comes, followed by laughter, and then... Well, sadistic more than wicked. This sets me to trembling. Nails run over my back or all they claws. I almost scream as I did not hear you approach. My hearing is compromised and I wonder if it is because I don't have hearing aids in or because you're an accomplished predator. With effort, I hold my position. I don't want to disappoint. The edge of a blade seeks entry. I spread my thighs wider, slow my breathing, try to still my absolute panic as I feel the tip push into my nether lips. You chuckle, noting my every response. You move closer behind me, press into me, so there is little space between us, as possible. Your knife is at my throat and then on the pinna of my left ear. I'm going to pierce you here, you say, very matter-of-factly. My panic rises. Piercings have never settled well, but then I've never had a ritual piercing. Piercings have always been, well, decorative, and my body is not cooperated. This is decidedly different. Not yet, you say, as I struggle to hold myself still. But soon, I am conflicted. Surrender, I tell myself. I work to manage my desire to control any part of this connection and simply surrender. Wings. 
I wake with the fire alive and running up my spine. It starts at the base, swirling round all the dark blue peaks, the most intense heat. It melts my pussy and the lava begins to flow from my legs. The flames rise up to my solar plexus where they are red, orange, tipped with yellow. They spread throughout my body. My breasts are heavy with them, nipples larger, darker, even when soft. My throat opens and the flames burn through. Up to my neck that cracks as I turn my head and stretch my shoulders back. The pain is incidental as my wings break through. Released, unfurling as I stretch, my nipples harden until they're like rubies, red-brown hard. I rise on the flames tentatively. I fly on the edge of the flame to meet you. You wrap your wings round me, sink your teeth into my shoulder, and I bellow out a roar in protest that quickly turns to pleasure. You slick yourself in the lava flowing from my pussy and push into my ass. I moan at the feel of you pulsing white-hot inside me, moving to meet your thrusts, craving more. Harder, please. The hurt causing my juices to flow more thickly. Fire pouring from my mouth, my throat, as I roar again. You bend me back around the throat, controlling my breathing as you pace your thrust slowly, sliding in and out of my ass, plunging deep, stroking shallow, the pace building slowly as I beg to come, beg to be allowed to let go. You push deeper, harder, until I cannot stop, orgasm starting at the bottom of my spine, fire rushing through me to the top of my head and then back to the base of my spine, circling three, four, five times before I go limp with pleasure. You haven't finished and pick up the pace again, pounding into my ass. I can do naught but receive your thrusts and breathe at your pleasure. You explode into my ass, melting my insides until my body dissolves into pure light. Minutes later, hours later, time is irrelevant. I settle slowly back into my human form, overcome by the delicious languor from the heat, almost too hot, on the edge of burning. I drift until I drift into sleep. And that's it for this week. On Friday, the 2nd of April, I am co-hosting a virtual play party. It's Fendragon Pack in the House of Blue. It's going to be outrageously fun. It's on a platform that allows you to move through the virtual world so that when you're close to people, you can see them and speak to them and interact with them. But when you're distant, you don't. So um, you have agency and the freedom to move through the party like you would in a real-life venue. Uh, We're doing this as a fundraiser because we are still working on creating that virtual safe space that will have peer support, it will have social space, it will have self-guided education and live education and also live events. The ticket price is £10, but there will be lots of opportunities inside to purchase um, additional things. For example, there's going to be kinky bingo, so you can purchase bingo cards there will be a whole bunch of demos. Um, there's definitely going to be a needle dem- needle play demonstration. Um, there's also going to be some impact play, cigar play. So it's really going to be a lot of fun. Um, there will be games like Direct the Dominant or Two Truths and a Lie. And there will be erotic readings as well. And some of them will even be personalized. If you're interested in tickets, head over to my website, drlauriebethbisbee.com and hit the tab for events and it is the first event listed on the site to april virtual play party please go and grab your tickets soon they are limited in number and we really look forward to welcoming you into the space and seeing you there because we think that you will have an 
awful lot of fun. Just saying. Um, And that's it for this week. I look forward to seeing all of you next week. Be safe and have a great one. See you at the party. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauribethbisbee.com and drlauribethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at laurybeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week. <laughs>